Hi everyone. I just wanted to take a tick, check in, and give you an update on the work here at The Secret Life of Death. I'm still working away on my next series, episode 8, Identity, about Andrews Inn, a 1970s LGBTQ plus bar in Bellows Falls, Vermont. It seems, with each interview I do for episode 8, the series just keeps getting longer. It's going to be a five-parter, and the release date gets pushed back. But rest assured, it's on its way. I've been recording not just interviews, but a lot of on-site material for the show. And of course, I never use all I record for the podcast, so I thought I'd work up some extras from my audio excursions and make some more teasers to augment the Andrews in series. So, here are some excerpts from my journey up Fall Mountain with my friend Kate. We do some spring hiking, learn us some history, and revel in kicking up some dust in the wake of our COVID winter. Enjoy! I'm excited. I forgot how steep it was. Fine. <laughs> it's April, it's warm, and after a long, hard winter and over a year in COVID lockdown, getting out of the house and away from the world for the afternoon seemed like just the thing. You need to get that, you know, winter stagnation washed out anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what I feel like the first couple whatevers you do after winter like oh my god (laughs) like I swear I didn't sit around that much my friend and frequent the secret life of death guest Kate Butt joined me masked up socially distant slathered in sunscreen and hand sanitizer for a hike up one of this area's most prominent landforms Fall Mountain. Oh, I love a stream. So I think this is a this is an old mill pond. Okay, I was wondering because it looks made. Now, so. Fall Mountain isn't the tallest mountain, to be sure. Its claim to fame is primarily due to its location. Situated on the New Hampshire side of the Connecticut River, right across from Bellows Falls, Vermont, it gives an amazing view of the river valley and village below. This mountain has lived a lot of lives. Revealed as the glaciers began to recede 20,000 years ago, it pops up out of the flat-bottomed river valley and sits directly across from the falls, serving as both beacon and vantage point. The indigenous Western Abenaki have lived on this mountain since the beginning of time, per their history, utilizing the expansive view it provided from the top to see who might be traveling up and down the river, as well as hunting its slopes for deer, bear, fox, and rattlesnake. Later records from the 1720s mention the mountain being used by colonial scouts, monitoring the presence of the Western Abenaki while traveling between river forts. 
And later still, in the 1840s, lumber was harvested from its top, sides, and back to produce railroad ties, laying the literal groundwork for the railroad industry here. And this is a much better road than it used to be, but... Where we're hiking today, we're lucky enough to have an access road to walk on. Is it always this wide? Yeah. And while it's nice, it's still or at least a hoof. pretty close. Because this used to be an access road in the 1850s. This road in this form was constructed in the early 1850s to take people up to a pavilion that once sat on top. What did they use the pavilion for? It was a daily excursion for the very affluent guests at the island house. <laughs> so they'd hop them, throw them into a horse-drawn carriage, wagon, drag them up to the top. Did they throw them over? <laughs> I'm sure the horse thought about it. <laughs> we continue on, and after about a 25-minute hike straight up, the landform levels off, and we make our way around the boulders and the vernal pools to the lookout point. Whoa. Table Rock. Yeah, so I've never been up to this part. Oh! So this is all new and exciting. So this is where the little, somewhere right up in this area is where that uh, the the little, little pavilion. The little pavilion. Oh my god. Wow. The view is stunning. A whole enchilada. Oh my god. Almost a 180-degree view looking north and south along the Connecticut River Valley and west into Vermont. That's impressive. The river, the falls, and the downtown of Bellows Falls, 700 feet straight below. Wow. <gasps> Hi! Hi, friend! From this height, we're eye-level with the turkey vultures as they ride the thermal waves of hot air that rise up the face of the mountain. They're always, always up here. I think they're trying to decide if they could eat us. Once we take in the immediacy of the view, we get down to work, of looking at other things. I compiled some historic photos of views from this very spot, looking down onto the village so that we can see what things looked like at different times and how they've changed. Is this the inn? That is the island house. The island house, okay. And so the island house was located... The village, like this mountain, has had many lives too. Yeah. Okay. See where that gas station is? Yes. That's where it was. No way! <laughs> So, oh, have the mighty have fallen. I, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> right, so Prior to the mills for yeah, which yeah. Bellows Falls would Bellows later be renowned, yeah, the village was a destination for railroad travelers who were interested in getting out of the city and spending time in a place with amenities and a lot of natural beauty. And Bellows Falls and the Island House fit that bill. 
The hotel was right up the hill from the railroad depot. Its extensive gardens overlooking the falls and fall mountain. It was elegant and luxurious, offering its guests day trips up to the top of the mountain or to a nearby mineral spring. That was a big destination for really fancy people uh, right up to uh, until after the Civil War because it mostly catered to Southerners who were looking to get out of hot, disease-infested summers down, down south. So, of course, after that, they weren't really that interested in coming up right. and spending any time in the north and they didn't have any money anymore right it's all gone <laughs> and they just get on the it was part of this whole system right of resort hotels where you just hop on the train and you'd stay there that all summer sense. long yep oh that's so fascinating the island house was closed in the 1860s and was soon subsumed by the expanding industrialization of the area along the river all of which cool. can be clearly seen in another photo. This one's pretty cool because this is all of the mills. Okay. So So that would have been here? This whole whole section. Okay. By 1900, the entire eastern part of town was covered in brick mill buildings or railroad tracks. Bellows Falls was completely unrecognizable from how it looked 40 years before. I mean, just look at all the stuff. There's so many. That was there. Every conceivable nook and cranny was covered and it's all gone gone by the 1920s things would change again for bellows falls it is is. the largest mill in this complex international paper closed its doors suddenly and left town while other mills carried on over the years economic forces and innovations in production made the mill complex in bellows falls more and more obsolete as time went on And so began a slow 40-year decline at the mills. All but a handful of those buildings that once covered the entire bank of the river were knocked down by the 1970s. This whole section. Okay. And there's maybe a half a dozen of those buildings left. Is that one of them? Yes. Okay. Looking at the area today, it's unrecognizable compared to what it was a hundred years ago. It's, it's like in this area, right? Yeah, it's in, and it might, these other ones might be covering what? it up. Yeah, but it's like in this general yes. area. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it's the oldest mill that's down there, and it's the one of the only ones left. That's kind of sad. Yeah. Understanding the past will explain the world around you as you know it. It gives you context. Why does a town like Bellows Falls have these three lonely old mill buildings standing below the dam today? Because the mill industry collapsed and the rest of the mills were bulldozed years ago. Why is there this ridiculously steep road up the side of a mountain here? Because it was constructed in the 1850s to bring patrons of a fancy hotel up to enjoy the view. There's so much that's happened. So many events and lives that have come and gone before we even get here. And it can be hard to take it all in, to have a grasp of deep time, when you're standing down there in the middle of it. 
sometimes what you need is a change in perspective. You need to get that, you know, winter. A way to stand up, Stagnation. stand back, and just take it all in. Wow. To see what once was, what is now, and what could be. Damn, that's impressive. And all the lives this place has lived. Well, that's it for now. Special thanks go to my bud, Kate Butt, for hiking up Fall Mountain with me, and whose only reward was getting to look at old photos once she got there. All music for this episode was provided with permission by Epidemic Sound, LLC. Check out our website, thesecretlifeofdeath.com, for photos of our hike up Fall Mountain and to see the historic photos we were looking at during this episode. And we're going to be selling t-shirts to promote the show. If you'd like to pre-order one, go to the swag page on the website for details. Please stay tuned for more teasers leading up to the drop of The Secret Life of Death, Episode 8, Identity. It's going to be a humdinger, folks. You don't want to miss it. <laughs>